0: Let the universe hear what you want this year so you can have it. Welcome to the Create Your Best Year podcast with your host, Clara Angelina Diaz Anderson. In this podcast, we help you to find and receive what you want this year, give you tips, stories, and interviews of what others are doing to create their best year. Welcome. Hi Amanda. Hey Clara, thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the Create Your Best Year podcast. Amanda, can you tell us who you are and
1: what do you do in the world? Sure, my name is Amanda Hem and like many of your podcast guests, I have multiple hats (laughs) but the one that I am going to talk about, you know, I'm mom, I'm a wife, I'm daughter of aging parents uh, but the one that I'm going to talk mostly about today is that I am a new parent transition coach with a specific focus on parental leave and helping parents and the companies that value them navigate through all of the changes of taking leave well preparing for leave taking leave building those strong foundations at home and then returning back to work feeling confident and successful and engaged and like they have a choice and they're happy with the choice that they've made.
0: That's amazing and I so wish I had you during my two pregnancies because I mean there's so much so much in what you said like the 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 taking the leave during the leave and then after I mean, which I, I I would love to talk to you about later. It's like that anxiety that one feels, um, baby separation anxiety. I don't know what that. There must be other names for it. Um, but yeah, I would love to know how. How did you come to do this work?
1: So, and we can dive into all of those different things in a little bit. But the, I came to this work through a zigzag path, which I think is how many of us do. I had my babies while I was working in corporate America, and I had a fairly smooth transition thanks to a manager who wouldn't let me fail. He was absolutely incredible and encouraged me to take a promotion when I was pregnant. When I came back, he had written in my calendar three times a day meal preparation, which was his like, approval of me pumping at work mm-hmm. and being okay to take that time and space. Um, And while I was managing, while I was working there, I was managing a team, many of whom became mothers or fathers while they were working under me. And so I had direct reports who had children in the NICU or who came back to work with postpartum depression. And I kind of muddled my way through it. We made it work, but I didn't really have any idea of how to manage people through these life transitions. Um, and I learned a lot as I went. But for a variety of reasons, I left that job. I took a 180 and I became a postpartum doula, a lactation yeah. educator, a facilitator of new moms' groups, and started doing um, prepared parenting classes for expecting parents. And what I kept seeing over and over again is that one, this is a tough time of life, which we all know, Like, there's just a lot going on, a lot of transitions, a lot of internal shifts of who you are as an individual person, and then a parent, and then a working parent. But it was the returning back to work, where people often felt like they were totally unprepared. You know, you read the baby books, you take the birth classes, you have an idea of what might it might still pull you off guard, but you have an idea of what to expect. But the returning to work was something that many families hadn't even thought about until it was looming over them. And then the companies, um, I found that there was many managers who were like me, who didn't really know what to do or how to handle situations or felt uncomfortable. They didn't wanna step into areas that they shouldn't legally, but at the same time, they wanted to show compassion but they didn't know how to. Um, And so I took all of the knowledge that I was doing as a postpartum doula and then my own experiences. And I had a company where I worked with businesses to help them navigate some of these transitions. Um, And as I was doing that is when I met you (laughs) and became certified as a coach. And then did additional certifications to become a parental leave coach so that I can really help focus down into that time frame of, um, a parental leave and, and everything that goes along with it, both at work and at home.
0: That's amazing. So it's like, you took your own personal experience. You went and got some education and you're like, I want to do which I totally identify with, Amanda. Like, I want to do for people what somebody did for me. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the reason why I became a coach because I was so amazed by what a coach did for me. But, I mean, you're doing it in in this space. That's so awesome. So, like, you know, I I find, you know, what you do is so important, but then it's sometimes very overlooked. You know, as you were saying, like, people don't start to think about returning to work until it's like, oh my God, I'm going to work in two weeks or I'm going to work in three weeks. I need to find childcare. But like, what are some of the other things that people kind of like overlook when they're thinking about going back to work? And, and I say people, cause I just don't mean the moms, but then it's like the moms, the dads, like the whole, the team.
1: It absolutely is a whole team. and And sometimes that team all goes to work at once. And sometimes that team has staggered starts. And so it's a constant renegotiation with your team um, at home and at work of changes in roles and responsibilities and routines and how that impacts everybody. So uh, oftentimes if I work with parents and one parent goes back to work, the other parent stays at home for a little bit longer, the parent that stays at home tends to take on more of the home-based responsibility, right? because they're, they're there, that's what they're doing. And then when they go back to work, there needs to be a renegotiation with that partner of saying, okay, now that we're both back at work, how are we going to negotiate these roles and responsibilities? And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, that's when you get the burnout, you get the lopsided parenting. Um, and so that's one big area that I talk to parents about of of how what were your supports when you were at home and what are your supports when you're going back to work and how can you um, rebalance those through each of those shifts that you're going through Uh,
0: you're saving lives that's what you're doing (laughs) Amanda you're saving families you're saving lives because that's that's so um Again, it's like, it's so important and then it's so overlooked. Um, And that's,
1: I was going to say, that's your, you know, those examples that come to mind, you immediately think of your home team, but then you also have your work team. So if you're returning to work and you're working a different schedule, or you're trying to step into a different um, role, or you had things that were on your plate before you left that you want to leave behind and you're moving in a different direction, uh, how to communicate that with your team so that everybody's feeling like it's a win-win and nobody's feeling like they're getting you know, extra responsibilities dropped on them that they're not interested in, that they're having to pick up slack, that there's guilt and resentment. You want to make sure that that communication is happening there as well.
0: Yeah, and that's so important. And I would love to, to touch on um, like working with the mom to help her see that you know, and I'm speaking for myself because I thought I could do it all. I was like, oh, I'm going to take care of my child at home and, you know, that I'm going to run my business when she takes a nap, you know, and it's all going to be so wonderful. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not that way. You mentioned this three things, like what I, I see as the three R's, how are your roles, responsibilities and routines going to change right when you're going to have a child And I mean, even though you read the books, like nobody tells you how sometimes as a mom, I mean, I think for me, it was, um, a bit isolating, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, my husband went back to work first and I, you know, worked from home. So I had to think of like, what are all the things that I'm going to put in place to support, I mean, take care of my child, but also to support me, um, as a new mother. And so, like, what are some practical things that you, you recommend for moms to think about? Like, you're listening to this and you're pregnant or you're about to have your other kid or you just have your kid. Like, what are some kind of some some things in place to, to think about as you're building your community of support?
1: Yeah, I'm going to throw a fourth one, a fourth R at you, too, which is oh. relationships. Mm. Right. And so those relationships change. And I do... One of the things that I tell new parents very frequently is people don't change just because you had a baby. (laughs) Right? You change. (laughs) You change, but people don't change just because you had a baby. So when you're starting to think about those support networks, the first thing is to do sort of a self-evaluation. What is it that you're going to need help with? What are the areas? And some things you don't know, and you won't know until you encounter them, but when you're thinking ahead what are the areas that you think you might want help or you know are areas that you're not as strong at and how can you fill people in those spots so i have
0: such as tell me the areas amanda
1: such as um so some of them are very practical you know some help with meals running errands are you open to having people help around your house you know whether it's friends or a professional to come in and Maybe you've never had a house cleaner in your life, but now is the time. Or you've never used Instacart, but now is the time to try to use Instacart to get some of those shortcuts. But then some of it is the emotional and the mental side of it. So who are the people in your life that you can, um, that are fine with TMI, <laughs> that you can talk about, You know all of the uncomfortable physical aspects of becoming a parent in the recovery. Who are the people in your life that are, Uh, up really early in the morning that if you are having a hard time at six o'clock in the morning, you know you can call or conversely at 11 o'clock at night. um, Who are the experienced parents in your life that you can turn to to ask for advice and you know that they're going to um, give you the the kind of advice that you want and can be there and supportive for you. Uh, So it's it's both that practical task oriented and the knowledge base and then the mental and emotional support and recognizing that that the people that you've counted on at other times of your life might not fill those same roles now. You know, your your best friend for the last 20 years has decided that parenthood is not for them and they don't even like kids. They're probably not going to be there for you in the way that you need right now. And it doesn't make them less of a friend or less dear to you, but they might not um, have the mindset to help you at this exact moment of life. Um, so it's and, like almost like building up a board
0: of. I was not I was gonna say a board of advisors, but like a board of support. Yeah. Um, hmm. yeah. yeah. Jeez.
1: And and you know your mother in law that was miserable about helping you. With your first apartment and moving in and didn't do well with the transition and only criticized, is probably not going to be the person who is your cheerleader going through this because some of those same traits are going to come through. But she might be perfect at lining up a meal train for you and making sure that you and the baby are fed and taken care of in some of those other ways. Uh, So, finding, playing to the strengths and asking for help.
0: Wow, that's big. Yeah, the relationships, the routines. Oh my god, the first time I remember when I had my first daughter and I had to take a shower and I had to bring her into the bathroom. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what why wasn't this planned for? Right. Why weren't <laughs> my showers accounted for? Um Yeah, and then like how do you help women deal with I mean, women, men, um, the parents deal with the anxiety that one feels when one goes back to work?
1: You know, it's a case by case because everybody's anxiety comes from a different place in their senses of guilt. So some people are feeling anxious about leaving the baby or leaving the baby with the caretaker. Other people are feeling guilty that they don't feel guilty because they're so excited to go back to work where it feels like they're competent and they know what they're doing. <laughs> um, so a lot of that anxiety, it's, it's, it's breaking it down, you know, is this something that's realistic to be anxious about? Or is it not realistic? Yet? What are some safeguards that we can put in place that are going to help you feel better about this? If you anxious about leaving the baby with a caretaker? How can we do some dry runs? So the very first day the baby's with the caretaker is not your first day at work. That should not happen because you're gonna be an emotional wreck and you need that, you know, can you do a two hour stint? Uh, an afternoon where you go out to lunch with a friend and come back and know that the baby's okay. How can you have check-ins throughout the day with the caretaker to make sure that are
0: feeling okay? Um,
1: or setting, If the anxiety is more around, can I handle it all? Can I, I had a full-time job of taking care of a baby. How do I put a full-time career on top of this? How can we do check-ins in a week, in three weeks and say like, let's reevaluate and make it not feel as permanent. Sometimes we, especially in this phase of life, whatever's happening immediately in front of us is what we think is going to always be like. And that's not the case. And you know, as a parent, that, you know, what what your worries are with a one-month-old is very different than with a three-month-old is very different than a year old, and that it's constantly changing. So reminding the parents that, like, we're going to try this, and we're going to see how it works. And then let's check in in a week, and we'll talk about what's worked and what didn't, and then we can adjust. And it makes it feel like there's possibilities, and there's hope, and it's not just A situation that they're stuck with
0: you know everything you say sounds like it makes perfect sense it you know my mind I'm like it's super important but what you just said about doing a a dry run you know or like practicing being away from the baby for a certain amount of time to build up to the time when like you have to be at work you know let's say seven eight hours I mean, it sounds very practical and it makes sense, but I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, I wish I would have done that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because I remember the first time I was going to work, I was literally like, I thought about jumping around like four times and it happens to all, and I, and I've heard that it's happened to a lot of people, but this practicing like, or like building up to it was not something I thought I could like afford myself the luxury of doing. I don't know why.
1: And to take it a step further, to practice at your commute time, if you have a commute, and to practice soup to nuts, like you're packing your pumping bag, you're packing your own lunch, you're packing the baby's bag, so that when it all goes wrong, because you know the baby's going to have a blowout as you're trying to walk out the door, you know you're going to get stuck behind the school bus, that if you can have some of those routines figured out ahead of time, and you know Then you can build the contingency plans, which makes things seem easier. But but yeah, we don't think about that stuff. We just think about I want to take advantage of every moment at home while I can.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I remember, like after a while, I had to give myself like fifteen to twenty minute grace period. And I told myself, like, okay, if I have to be somewhere at one fifteen, you know, I'm at one thirty. I told myself it's one fifteen or one ten. So that, you know, when it takes extra time to put the baby in the car, when like you forgot your shoes, I don't know, like there's so many different things because now you have to think for a whole nother person. Um,
1: I, There was a lot of, uh, I'm going to say months that I took the baby, I got myself ready for work. Mm-hmm. I put on one of my husband's oversized t-shirts on top of my work clothes and took my baby to daycare because she was such a super spitter that I knew I was going to have baby spit up down my back and I get into the car and take my shirt off or his shirt off and we would go from there but it's the sort of tips and tricks that you learn along the way do you find you know because I have a, we have a lot of women who are
0: entrepreneurs and also who um, entrepreneurs work hybrid have like leadership positions like do you find that the transition is different for let's say like women that are in top roles, you know, as opposed to, let's say somebody who maybe is not um, or is and an entrepreneur. Th- I don't know. Do you find that there's a difference? Yeah.
1: I think the biggest difference I see, and, and I think this is true at all phases of life, especially for entrepreneurs, but also those top level leaders is we have a hard time drawing the boundaries between work and not work. Mm-hmm. And so we... Now we're we're recording podcasts, we're thinking about work, we're putting together our plans while we're cooking dinner, while we're doing other things, where there are some people that I talk to who might not be in those leadership positions that have an easier time of coming home, turning off, focusing on family. So I think the big challenge for, for us as women who are entrepreneurs and leaders is, is figuring out what boundaries feel right for us, and then honoring those boundaries and communicating those boundaries to our greater teams of, you know, whether that's work teams or home teams, so that we can, you're you're never going to be able to do it all, like you said, but having the time and space to, to focus on what's important at the time that it's important.
0: Yeah, and it's like, not just boundaries with your team, but like, boundaries with self Personal. oh my gosh yeah it's yeah. so hard because it's like you can I mean I can always be working um but of course my child was not gonna allow me to do that um right. interesting right. Um, and I
1: also talk with parents a lot about self-care which comes into those boundaries too oh. uh, so you need to make sure that you're taking care of you so you have the the strength and stamina to take care of your child, your family, and your business. Uh, And that self-care doesn't necessarily mean getting mani-pedis and massages, but it could mean taking five minutes for a cup of coffee by yourself, making sure that you're going outside and getting fresh air for 10 minutes every day, Um, recognizing what those are and honoring them. And then if you have a partner asking them to do the same thing, learning what their self-care is, because Chances are their self-care is going to look very different than your self-care and helping to hold each other accountable for fitting that time and space into your days.
0: No, that's so important. Do you find yourself, Amanda, working um, with both parents
1: um, or just one? How, I, I do. I do. It tends to, I'm going to say, especially since the pandemic and especially since Massachusetts instituted paid family medical leave. I'm getting more and more dads involved in those early weeks and months of their child's life, which is really exciting to me. I'm going to give you an example of a family that I'm working with right now. The mom, um, I actually just got a text with the new baby who was born yesterday, (laughs) which is super exciting. But I've been working with them for a number of months. um, And the mom knows that she's not going to go to work after the baby comes But we've been helping to navigate what are those transitions that she's going to be going through. What are some of the ways that she can prepare for the baby? And then the dad is working in an industry where the most amount of parental leave that anybody has ever taken is five of paternity leave. Five paternity leave is five days. Hmm. And he wants to take. And so we've been working on how does he communicate that with his team? How can he legally he's he's totally in the clear of being able to take this it's within his rights but systemically within his organization it's a total culture shift so figuring out how are we navigating um those conversations so that everybody feels good about it and he's i this guy is taking it above and beyond where not only is he looking at himself but he's saying how can i set the precedent so that people coming after me can feel like they can take leave whether it's a honeymoon for a vacation caring for an aging parent or having their own child um, and so sometimes I'm working with her sometimes I'm working with him and a lot of times we're coming together of what are her needs his needs and how does that intersection um play out um, that's fantastic so It's it's been really cool to work with them that's amazing um yeah I, I love to see that
0: when it's both parents involved and you know really dealing with Kind of what's like it, it's it's like the invisible work, the invisible preparation that it takes. Cause I mean we're not we haven't even touched upon like who's caring for the child. Right, um, exactly. <laughs> um so that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Um how do people usually find you, Amanda?
1: So this is a tricky question because parental leave coaching and even new parent transition coaching is Still a new idea for a lot of people. It's something that I'm having to do a lot of education around what does this mean and why can this be helpful and beneficial. So a lot of times people do find me through their lactation consultants, through their doulas or their OBs, you know, people that have known me, uh, friends and family and referrals. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're looking for me, I'm at amandahem.com um I'm also on LinkedIn Instagram and Facebook has it been like word of mouth mostly it has been it has been I'm finding that a lot of the word of mouth is coming from other perinatal professionals so other people that would be interacting with parents at the same time so maybe it their acupuncturist for fertility treatments. And then they're saying, Oh, it seems like maybe you need some extra support. Or mental health clinicians um, who are saying, you know, we know that you've had a history of anxiety or depression, and you're going into this phase of life where uh to, to mitigate some of your risks, getting extra support now would be really helpful. And so I get referrals from that. And then you know, parents that I work with talk to other parents yeah. <laughs> that are having babies. their friends and family.
0: That's amazing. I mean, I think the work you do is so amazing. It's so important. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, if, if you are pregnant, already had a baby, working on getting back to work and doing it in a way that is sane and healthy and collaborative, Um, yeah, we'll have all of Amanda's information, um, on the show notes, but you know, this, this show is called the create your best year podcast. And I always love to ask Amanda, either what does creating your best year mean to you or what are some things that you're doing to create your best year?
1: If anything, over the last few years, we have learned that year over year is different than you expect. <laughs> right? We have all become masters at adapting and rolling with it. And so I think that for me, creating my best year starts with just um, an open mindset of finding opportunities as they, as they present themselves and learning how to recognize those opportunities. You know, I I'm gonna say like big picture, the best year for me is always going to include a, a balance of my own family. So my kids and my husband and spending time with my parents and my brother and doing fun, like just fun stuff and enjoying life with them. And doing work that is meaningful and impactful. And so a lot of that is one-on-one coaching with parents. I do that quite a bit. But it's really exciting to me too that the parental leave ecosystem is growing as much as it is. So Mm -hmm. there's more and more uh, organizations that are popping up that are working with companies. There's more companies that are starting to offer parental leave and needing Mm -hmm. some support. And so while I'm going into this year with with my plans in place of saying, this is what I want to do to build my coaching business. And this is how I work with, um, with organizations. I'm finding that there's a lot of other opportunities where people are saying, Oh, what about this new and growing area? Would you like to come and be part of that? Mm -hmm. So for me creating my best year is, is it's, you know, it's like, I tell my mom that I have my plans. And then being open to rolling with whatever comes and, taking those leaps when they present them.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned that word, the, the word balance, right? Having, you know, like a balance of family fun, but also a balance in being open-minded in your business of having plans, but also staying open to what shows up for you. Um, so that, that's a beautiful way to live.
1: I find that so much of our happiness is, Based on expectations being met, <laughs> yeah. right? So if we have expectations that are unrealistic, or we have expectations of something being hard and miserable, um, you're going to be disappointed. And you know, you're you're either going to live up to those expectations of things being hard and awful, or you're going to not live up to expectations that are unrealistic, and then you're going to get disappointed. So if I can have um, tangible goals of having fun with my family I guess that might mean going to Disney I'm going next week and chaperoning a field trip with her my daughter or it might mean taking an afternoon where we have no plans and having fun planting a garden together whatever that might mean it's, it's those mindset pieces for sure I love it
0: I love that I, I like to call it having intentions as opposed to goals, because then it's like, you're intending to go in that direction. But the way it happens, is a surprise. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amanda, for everything that you're doing in the world for taking the time to be on this podcast and sharing, you know, different things that people, you know, may not think about as far as like, really putting a a support system in place, um, when it comes to know becoming a parent and going back to work and what what that all means i mean i wish when i had my first child i was like is anyone gonna come and talk to me is anyone gonna come (laughs) give me a manual um so i'm i'm really excited that you're doing this work amanda um yeah yeah any last words that you'd like to leave our listeners with as we wrap up
1: um i think think in sort of that theme of having your best year and I'm saying like find those opportunities and roll with them I know that when I signed up for your coaching program I was in 2020 it was sort of a, a lark I hadn't really thought through it somebody had mentioned you from the flourish events that you had been in and I'm like let mm-hmm. me see what Clara's doing and I looked at what you're doing and he said this starts in two weeks I'm like all right sign me up let's go And so you never know where those opportunities might come from and take a chance and have fun and it'll take you to great places. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and highlighting all of the coaches and entrepreneurs and leaders in your circle.
0: Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I love to do this, you know, work of transformation and community. I think it takes all of us. Um... So thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for joining us, listeners. This has been another episode of the Create Your Best Year podcast. Okay, friends, thank you so much for being with us. To learn how you can create your best year, get the book, take the course, and learn more, visit clarifying.com. That's C-L-A-R-A-F-Y-I-N-G.com. And remember... Let the universe hear what you want this year.